Hello, and welcome to the Just In Stride podcast. I'm your host, Justin Pugliese. If you love endurance sports, you've definitely come to the right place. On this show, we'll talk to athletes, coaches, and professionals who can help us reach our true potential. Being a student of distance running for over 10 years and interviewing people in the sport for the last five, I've learned a ton, but there's always more to discover. Everyone has a story, and I know you'll resonate with each of our guests as we embark on this new journey together. Join us at home, on the road, or while you run. Together, we'll have some fun. So follow along on Instagram at JustInStridePod and your favorite podcast platform and prepare to be inspired. Come along for the ride with Just In Stride. This episode is presented by our friends at Exact Nutrition, a tasty and healthy way for you to fuel your body before, during, and after a solid training session. I can't leave the house without a few fruit bars in my pocket and they never make it back home. Exact is offering you 15% off your order when you use the code JUSTINSTRIDE. So head to exactnutrition.com and fuel your goals today. Every so often someone special comes across my social media feed and is doing something incredible. I guess that's the blessing, that we can connect with strangers through one common passion, and in this case it's running. On this episode of Justin Stride, I spoke with ultra runner and mental health advocate Sachin Lati. He didn't start out as a runner, but has been a high-level athlete his whole life, competing in wrestling, bodybuilding, and jujitsu. It was during COVID that Sachin found his stride, using running as a way to stay active and work through troubling times, as many of us can relate. Through this new way of movement, he fell in love with the sport, taking on longer and more challenging distances. Having a career in law enforcement opened his eyes to the troubles active and retired members of service face each day and wanted to do something about it. So he's running to raise money and awareness for his community. Most recently taking on 22 marathons in 22 days to support veterans and first responders mental health. Hey Sachin, welcome to Justin Stride podcast. Thanks for taking the time today. Thanks, man. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, you you know, um, social media is it's you know it's a two edged sword. I think for some people, but uh, I find it fun just to follow people and your journey or what you're currently up to. Anyways, came across my feed and I, I was I immediately looked you up and um, you know twenty two marathons, twenty two days um, was kind of the thing. And I'm, I'm just curious to get into that with you and, and know a little bit more about you. For sure, man. Yeah, I'm stoked. I can't wait. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, you just kind of completed this this adventure. Um, how did it go? How are you feeling? You know, just kind of like in the present moment uh, after right you know, now, aftermath. Yeah, in this moment right now, I'm, I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> still kind of, still kind of uh, reflecting over the last month or so um, because there's been so many things that happened through the 22 days of running that um i haven't had nearly enough time to reflect on everything so now i'm just kind of you know decompressing taking some time to myself um thinking and um relaxing what was that can you believe that you did it just having completed it um it seems like you know i'm a marathon runner we train you know four or five months um leading up to an event and then it's it's over um but like doing that day after day, it's got to be exhausting. I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, um, am I pleased with it? Yeah, I'm pleased with the outcome for sure. 
because I never done I had never done anything like this, even close to this, right? So I didn't know if I could like I believed in myself, I believed in my training, I believed in um, my cap- capabilities, and I believed within myself that I would do it. Um, but doing it after the fact is also a different thing than believing in yourself. So after the 22 days and right now I'm just uh, pleased with the outcome. I'm pleased that I completed it, but not only that, I'm pleased that we raised a ton of money for the charity and pleased that I made a bunch of connections and met a whole bunch of people. So overall, yeah, that's how I'm feeling right now. And where did that idea come from? So the, um, the 22 marathons of 22 days, honestly, is a, a training block for the future. So, um, I, I, I have a, a run coach, uh, Ron Lowen, he's in the lower mainland here in BC. And uh, he and I were discussing what my future plans are because I've kind of created a five-year plan for myself. And part of that plan is to run across Canada in 2025. So in order to run across Canada um, and to do it within like a certain amount of days, I needed to have certain types of training blocks to um, get close to that goal. And so we came up with this, you know, maybe do 30 marathons in in 30 days or something like that. And then we refined it to 22 marathons in 22 days, specifically 22, because um, I'm a mental health advocate, advocate for first responders, veterans and emergency personnel in uniform. And uh, 22 is a significant number in that community. So in in 2011, a study was conducted that revealed that uh, 22 veterans a day commit suicide. So um, I wanted to kind of highlight that number and then also raise awareness. So that's kind of in a nutshell how it all kind of started out and uh, why I did 22. Yeah, some kind of significance to the task at hand. You know, it's got to be motivating too. I mean, you got to find something within yourself to be able to string together that amount of uh, effort for that amount of days, like, there's, you know, little time to rest and recover. And certainly that, that would have like propelled you forward, I guess, you know, to know it's for a greater, the greater good, you know, hundred percent. I think from my experience with, uh, over the last couple of years, having a sense of purpose, depending on what that purpose is for you or for whomever it is, definitely drives you to continue moving. So I feel almost that over the last couple of years, I've kind of created a purpose for myself and and now I feel almost an obligation to do certain things. So there's no way that those 22 marathons wouldn't have happened unless something catastrophic or a catastrophic injury. Cause like my conviction to do that was on a whole different level because of the purpose. Mm-hmm. And you're not the first um, person to want to tackle the uh, run across Canada I spoke to Skylar McDonald, if you're familiar, and he also did it for, for mental health um, and completed that. I got to speak to him and, you know, we connected through social media again, like, like yourself. And I think the, the messaging that we can share through movement and activity and, and in this case, uh, running is quite, quite powerful. Did you ever expect that you could um, convey such a message through an activity like running? Mm. Yes, because and this is why I think that I, I wasn't a runner. I'm 45, and I be, I started running about two and a half or three years ago. I hadn't ran since high school, like 18, right? And um, so for me, I was a bodybuilder and a jiu-jitsu guy, and that's kind of what I did. But I uh, I was going through some of my own personal issues three four years ago that were really 
really affecting me negatively. So I thought, um, you know, I started running to help myself really kind of helped me through the things that I was going through because during the pandemic, obviously certain physical activities and groups were not allowed to connect. So um, I had to find something that I could do that could continue managing my mental health. So that ended up being running. But, um, but you know, through the process, I kind of saw the benefit that I was having. And then I thought, okay, maybe there's something here. And then, you know, it was a very easy connection in the sense of like, touching people because everyone everyone understands what running is like to to on a very even on a superficial level people understand the difficulty people understand 50 or 100 k's like whoa that's crazy so i started using running as a tool to connect with people so that it could resonate wow like that's a lot of distance and then get attention for the cause that we're trying to support okay yeah well, that's, yeah, and then that's it. People understand what running is. They know it's it can be difficult. It's difficult to go through, you know, challenging times. Did you, uh, before, like, you see, you know, so you mentioned the pandemic, and, yeah, it was challenging because how do we, how do we give, give an outlet to our, you know, to be able to deal with certain things? And, like, also, like, for myself, like, running wasn't, we weren't training for anything. I was, I'm a runner, but I knew that running existed for that, for me, that purpose, but it really became a time to think and to get in my own head and to work through, you know, whatever I was thinking or doing. We, I mean, we didn't know what was, what was going on. Like, did you have coping mechanisms for that before, you know, like, did was it like, was that like the fact that you were going through maybe some, some challenging times? Did you know how to deal with those things before you, you no, found um, That's a great question, man. Um, I had a couple coping mechanisms, and one of them was lifting or going to jiu-jitsu. The other one was the other ones weren't that positive. <laughs> so, so for me, it was like um, I really didn't have enough coping mechanisms to manage the things that I was going through, and like I, I didn't start running to like. I mean, in the moment, I didn't know that's what I was doing. I was just trying to do something in terms of fitness related. And through that process, I recognized the benefits that I was having through running. Um, and it, it also keep, kept me kind of occupied mentally in the sense that I wasn't much of a runner at the time. So it took so I was focused on how do we become a better runner? You know, I was reading and doing research and maybe talking to people and and then also applying, um, you know, various different um, skills while I was running. To, so I was kind of occupied in that way. So it was a, it was a good tool for me to, um, because of the type of person I am, I kind of obsess and I kind of go all in on things. And so I just dove real deep as far as I could to, to learn as much as I could. And, and um, through that process, I developed another coping mechanism, but also through the process of raising awareness and, and, and connecting with people, because that's, fundamentally what I'm what I'm doing on a regular basis is connecting with more people and trying to share the message of what we're trying to do and all of that started because of running so it, it all kind of um you know spread out and and it was a huge benefit for sure right so now like so you start to cope with your own things through running so what's the response been for others? Like what's motivating you now to raise money and to, to speak about this more and more and more? Like, I, again, I don't know if this is, was this something you were doing before or is it now, you know, 
it's it's kind of snowballed into what it is today. Yeah, it's kind of evolved for sure, right? Because I mean, two three years ago, I had no clue that I'd be you know speaking to you, right? Or or, or running twenty two marathons in a row, or you know being on the news, or you know in the last six months, maybe a hundred podcasts I've done. Like, oh, wow. yeah. it's crazy. So I never thought that would happen. Um, I've just been evolving with the process and allowing it to kind of unfold as it does. And I'm just being the best version of myself in the moment and trying to do my best. And then that's kind of the parameters I've set for myself. And then I'm allowing things to unfold and whatever presents itself, I kind of just go along to what I, what feels right to me. And Mm -hmm. I've been kind of going in that direction and, and it's, I'm just being authentically to organic. That's just being myself. And through that, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of positive things for me and then also positive impacts to the people around me and by extension on my social media. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. And when, like, what's the response like, like, do you oh, get man, people it's... like reaching out, telling them like, you know, they're into running now or they're dealing with something or, I mean, it's got to branch into so many different things. Yeah. All of the above, man. Like maybe someone's like, I mean, just last week, uh, a buddy of mine was like, okay, well, I was planning to do maybe one marathon this year. Maybe I'm going to do two now. Right. Little things like that. Or like, oh, someone maybe saw me last week when after I completed, a, you know, um, there's a little news story locally here. And, um, and, you know, a buddy of mine sent me a text message that he received from a friend saying, I saw this guy on the news and it got me to go run 5k in the morning the next day. So little things like that. And then also the impact it's having on the community that I support in the sense of first responders, veterans, and emergency personnel, like the response from that community has been overwhelming in the sense of like the love and appreciation and and, uh, the support that I am getting through that community. And it's been uh, humbling for sure, man. Mm -hmm. And so like, um, so what was the actual thing that you were doing? You were, you ran you know, 22 marathons, 22 days, where did you run them? Was there a kind of a plan for that and a strategy yeah. around it? So the, the initial plan was to run across the province of British Columbia. So from Revelstoke to Victoria, which is a, you know, and the route would have been about, well, the 22 marathons is nine, 960 kilometers. And the original plan was to run the 960 kilometers all the way to Victoria. And that would have been, uh, elevation gain probably would have been like 15,000 meters, 16,000 in around there. But as you know, that was the initial plan. And I, that was the plan as I started out. But as you know, I can't remember who said maybe Mike Tyson, but everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the first few days I got punched in the face and things had to change. Right. And you know, the fires, the smokes, like all the fires across the province were affecting massively how um, you know, the, the, the running would have taken place. And I was also, I didn't have a full support crew um, my girlfriend joined me who was my support and helped me through the process. So it was, uh, so I had to make a couple pivots because of certain things that occurred. So what I ended up doing was running across the province, but not every single day to another town. So say for example, in Revelstoke, our car broke down within the two days first two days of the, of the thing. So I had to, you know, pivot and, okay, we're staying in Revelstoke for a couple of days to sort out the car. So I'll run around Revelstoke and run marathons here. Mm-hmm. And then, um, 
so that was really the beginning of the pivots. And um, but but essentially, I did run from Revelstoke um, to eventually we got to Ashcroft, BC, and then Ashcroft, BC has the chair one of the um, the charities that I support has a location in Ashcroft called Honor Ranch. And it's on 120 acres and it has like 10 cabins, beautiful spot for veterans and first responders to use at any, any time. And so I set up camp there for about three or four days due to the smoke and fires that were around. So it would have been difficult going to certain areas. So I stayed on the ranch and I ran for three or four days on the ranch, 42 kilometers on, on the 122 acres. Wow. So I did that. And then eventually we kept running. And so I, you know, Chase, BC, there was huge fires there. Like, I think maybe a couple of days after I was there, that Adams Lake area and all that was on fire. So we just got past that. And um, so, yeah, got to Lillooette, Lillooette to pretty much Lillooette, Pemberton, Squamish, ran to each of those places. And then we set up camp in those areas. And then, um, yeah, I mean, essentially running across the province, it was a slight difference from the beginning plan was to run town to town to town to town. Right. Yeah. But we had to make a shift based upon uh, some of the limitations that we had throughout the time. Yeah. I mean, you have to, you, like, that's kind of what you have to do in these, in these events. Like, was that the biggest challenge you faced in this, uh, um, in this stretch or? I think there was a lot of challenges, obviously the, the pivots, the changes, cause I'm, as you can probably tell right before we started, I'm so regimented. Like if something kind of goes sideways, I'm like, oh man, like I, so I have to in the moment and have to figure it out. So for me, that's something I've always tried to work on to be better at. And so I was thankful to be honest that the things that I had planned didn't happen or there were shifts because then it got me better at um, managing the frustrations, managing the issues that I normally deal with when things don't go the way I want them to. So it was a, it was a gift that, for me to to have those issues, and um, yeah. So I hope I answered the question. I can't. Yeah, even totally. And like, what do you think was the most memorable part of that that journey? Maybe there was a day in particular that really, you know, that you remember or that you, that struck you, or there were a, a lot of days. A lot of days. Um, day fifteen and sixteen were um, pretty cool days because day fifteen I started feeling the adaptation of all the running. And then day 16, I felt good. <laughs> and then from then to, for, for the last week, I was like, I was on, I was feeling okay. Mm -hmm. But um, so like the last day was pretty amazing feeling for me because I was running um, basically, yeah, I ran to Victoria. So, you know, the whole last run to Victoria from Schwartz Bay all the way down was amazing. I, I almost felt like, because I was trying to keep a pace within a certain amount, like seven minutes a kilometer kind of thing, just so I could manage my body over the 22 days. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a speed trial. It was just an attrition trial. And um, so for me, I felt I could have brought that pace down way down to like at least six and a half um, that last day because I just felt great. Right. And, uh, you know, that could be multiple things, you know, the last day, you know, adrenaline dump and <laughs> all these things. But that, it, the last day was very memorable. And I'll, t I'll, I'll give you a one specific reason why when I got to, so the, the, the final destination was um, the, the BC legislature and the BC law enforcement memorials there with the names of all, all the names of the, the members uh, who've passed away in the line of duty. So I wanted to finish there. And when I got there, um, the chief of Victoria police was there waiting 
with uh, a dozen police officers and which was unexpected to me. And uh, when I got there, they're all there. And, you know, I said a few words and while I was talking, a, a gentleman probably in his seventies just was kind of part of the circle of people that were there. And, but he wasn't part of the group. He just kind of wandered there and he was watching. And then after I kind of spoke a little bit, he raised his hand and was like, uh, he wanted to say something. And he was basically saying, <clears throat> he was basically saying like, he couldn't believe what I'd just done and why I had done it. And uh, he said he was a, uh, a Air Force pilot for the, uh, for the for the Canadian Air Force. And when he retired, he became a Toronto police officer. And through his service, um, he, he was diagnosed with PTSD and, um, you know, all service related, obviously. And he was just, he was emotional and he was thanking me for what I did. And I was like, man, that was, for me, it was, it was one of the uh, highlights of the 22 days for sure. Mm-hmm. It's thanking you for what you did, you know? Uh, yeah. And he, like, he, yeah. Bringing the awareness, raising the money. I mean, for me, I didn't think I did anything in the sense of like, I, okay, no, I know I did something and I, I, it, like conceptually understood that people would maybe appreciate it or something like that. But to see someone who I'm actually doing this for tell me to my face, who's a veteran who's in his seventies and who was emotional saying it, man, it really hit home for me. Mm -hmm. Cause you don't know. I mean, I get that. I mean, that feeling per se, but I understand what you're saying. Cause even with the podcast, I know people are listening. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly who's listening. I don't know. Some people reach out, but maybe a small percentage I know right. reach out or I know are impacted by these conversations. So I get like that real life that you meet that person and like you're, this is, this is for you, you know, like yeah. that's a nice way to kind of wrap it up. Right. So. Yeah, and, 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 and to that point, like we, obviously we don't do these things for that, like in the sense of getting right. kudos at the end, yeah. we're yeah. doing it because we love doing it and we want to, you know, maybe inspire people or, show people what's possible given the time and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. But to have someone at the very end after I had just done it, it's almost like, like, uh, like, um, positive reinforcement immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was, it was totally. Awesome. Totally. Yeah. And it's like, you're right. It's like, it's totally one of those things. And when that person's in front of you, I, I know I get like, wow, like you listen, like, this is, that's crazy. Like, thanks so much. I'm so appreciative. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. thanks for saying something, you know? And I mean, I, I guess that's common with, with mental health too, a little bit in that it's hard for people to talk about. I'm sure it's hard in the service industry as well. Uh, law enforcement, it's a, you know, there's a certain, I mean, stigma, is stigma the right word for that? Like, I think so. Around it, you know, uh, they're tough individuals. They're strong minded, strong willed. Um, how do you break through that? You know, you, you are mm-hmm. in law enforcement yourself. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how you break through it. I don't have the recipe for it. I know what I can do and I know what kind of person I am. And I know I'm not, I know what, you know, the stereotype is, you know, with mental health, oh, they're weak or you're this or you're that. Right. And, um, you know, I'm not that I'm a pretty strong individual. I've, you know, trained a lot. I've done jujitsu and I just ran 22 marathons and you know, all the type of things that you would say that aren't a weak thing. So I think, you know, doing these things together, being someone who's speaking about these things as well, should over time help with uh, reducing the stigma and 
giving people the opportunity or feeling safe enough to actually say something because mm-hmm. I don't really care what people think about me that much. I, I mean, you know, that's true. I don't really care what people think. Um, I'm just doing me and I'm trying to be the best version of myself. And through that, if that helps, then that's cool. Right. And so, you know, you said you raise a lot of money and stuff like that, you know, through, through what you were doing. So what's the organization? Talk about that a little bit. And, and like, how much money did you raise? And like, were you surprised by the amount? And like, I'm always sure, curious yeah, about cool. this, like, cause it's kind of, again, a small snowball thing. People start talking, they start seeing your face and like, wow, that's really noble what you're doing, you know? No, I appreciate that. You know, it's a good question. Like, um, so the charity I support is called the Honor House Society. It's a charity based in the New Westminster, BC area. It's a small charity, one uh, full-time employee. So, and it's basically run and supported by volunteers, almost 100% of it. And in New Westminster, they have a house that can service about maybe seven to 10 families. And what, it, what it's used for, the local one in New Westminster is if a member anywhere across the province is dealing with any medical issue whatsoever, mental health or physical, um, they can come down to the lower mainland, stay free of charge at that house and get whatever treatment they need for however long they need it. And so they don't have to pay anything for that. And and they can also stay there with their families. So they don't have to be without their families as well. So the families can stay there. Everybody can stay there free of charge. Now, the, the money that I'm raising in... Um, trying to raise the awareness for is for their ranch in Ashcroft, which is 120 acres with 10 cabins. Um, it's a, like, it's a beautiful spot, right? And it's got a lodge, full function kitchen, the whole nine yards, right? And um, I'm, the money I'm trying to raise will help build an additional 10 cabins and then also provide um, possible like future um, um, treatment modalities that could be beneficial, equine therapy and all these types of things. And members who are either retired or currently serving um, can stay there free of charge. So if they want to go there to chill, recalibrate, um, or set up retreats there, they can do all of that and they don't have to pay for anything. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do with this charity and and what that charity actually does, which is amazing. And over the 22 days, we raised about $16,000 towards it, which is amazing. And we probably will get... well, I continuously fundraise for them. So there's always money coming in because I'm always on my social media talking about things. So there's always, you know, maybe $20, $50 every week or something. But uh, over the 22 days, it was like a significant amount. And um, so that and that was this for this year. Like over the last two years, I've been fundraising and raising money through this whole process. And I've been training to do these various different things. So when I first started, I... Uh, I ran uh, in 2021, I ran hundred kilometers um, from Chilliwack, BC to the Vancouver airport. And I raised 21,000 uh, that time. Wow. And then, and then uh, the second year, which was last year, I, uh, cause I recognized after I did it that first year, I was like, oh man, I feel amazing. And I feel, um, wow, we raised a ton of money. So maybe there's something here that we can kind of um, ride the momentum with. <clears throat> so uh so last year I was like, okay, cool. Let me see if I can do nine ultra marathons in nine months. And, uh, had no clue what that meant because I had never done one before in the sense of, in, in the sense of races. And I, I did that partially one is to obviously raise money and awareness, 
but also to just throw my my hat in the ring kind of thing, just to see what I could do and, and um, what I felt, yeah, to see what I could do and to understand that world and that space. So last year I ended up raising about 15,000. And then, so that, you know, in a span of 12 months, almost 40K, um, just run, by running and using my social media to raise awareness. So I was like, okay, clearly there's a, a need or a gap here that is getting filled. So let's just keep running with it, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's upward of 50,000 right now that you're at. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's pretty, like, yeah, again, it's, it's amazing. You're doing it for an amazing cause. You're helping you're helping people and people close to you in your, in your community specific to you. And, yeah, hats off to you, man. That's, that's incredible. And so awesome. after, like, venturing into this ultra world, what, what have you discovered? <laughs> I discovered that I didn't know thing <laughs> i was so i was so uh <laughs> it's hilarious too if you think about it i was so ill-equipped first going in mm-hmm. no idea because i thought oh yeah i'm a, i'm an athlete you know i've done jujitsu i've done bodybuilding and i've been decent at both of them you know how hard could it be to run 50 or 100k i just ran 100k last year so i just did that but i didn't know what i didn't know <laughs> And as soon as I went to the first race, which was the backyard ultra and salmon arm, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it was a whole different world that I had no clue about and that there's savages everywhere, like mm-hmm. everywhere. Like, like, and I didn't know that these people existed, to be honest. So for me, it was amazing to see. I was like, okay, cool. I need to be around this because that was inspiring me to do more. So I went to that backyard Ultraman and I, I saw these pit crews and all this stuff. I went there by myself with a like a bag of nuts. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, and, and I, I think I made it like, I don't know, 47K. Like, and, you know, I, I didn't quit. I just couldn't make it to the, 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 the next uh, um, cutoff point. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was. <laughs> It was an awesome learning experience and it was awesome to meet all these awesome people in that space. Like, I don't think I've met like such cool people before, like in the ultra running community. They're, it's, it's, and I've done a couple marathons and it's, it's, it's a different vibe, eh? Like, and, and the vibe, I think for marathons is a bit more selfish, I guess, a bit more, okay, I, I need to get the speed and, and that's cool, whatever. I mean, I get it. I've, I've done those types of things and not marathons, but like bodybuilding is very selfish or, you know, those types of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, but in the ultra community, it's all about what the individual can do for themselves and everyone else is cheering each other on, which is so cool, man. So I loved it. And, um, <clears throat> so I continued with a bunch of those. And then, uh, the last run I, I so every year I kind of would do a fundraising run. And last year was a 90 K run. I, I ran from Chilliwack to the, to New Westminster where the charity is and kind of did that thing. And, but, um, but yeah, it was an amazing experience. Great yeah. learning. For me. It, it's a different world hundred percent. Like I'm a, ro- a more road guy and, and, but you know, I've touched on some trail stuff, um, but you're right. Like it's just a more relaxed. It's more chill. Like, yeah, people have their crews. They, they have their strategies and sets up, set up because you need that, like for nutrition, mm-hmm. for manage heat, manage, chafing whatever could go wrong but you know whereas like road races kind of like done in you know whatever between two and five hours six hours seven hours 
and that's it. But yeah, the, the trail community certainly is something, it's something special there for sure. It's a, it, it's a different sport, right? Yeah. If you look at it, it's, it is running, but it's a different sport altogether. And I'm recognizing that now because I primarily trained on the road and um, I don't have the legs for mountains, right? And I don't have the, the dexterity or the um, swift of feet to run down a mountain like those people because they're on it all the time. And that's by design too, right? Like I'm training to run across Canada, which is all road. And I'm training to see if I can break the record for the fastest run across Canada. Mm-hmm. So that's like, I got to figure out all road running. So my, my training's all been on the road as it should be. And, you know, I've thrown in some of these trail runs just to see what they're like and, um, and have those experiences. But I think it's super important to recognize that, you know, when you're training for something, you're training for something very specific. And, and, and if the goal is very specific, you have to train specifically in, on those terrains. So that's what I've been doing over the last little while. Have, have those other sports you've trained for um, helped you in some way with your running? Like, is there some kind of mental or physical aspect that you can, you know, find a, you know, relation between, between them? Yeah, I mean, um so any there there's skill stacking everywhere right like so if you're doing some sort of sport there are elements that you can um that are helpful like i've been an i'm 45 i've been an athlete most of my life so i've done something and um so th- you know maybe the growth or the speed at which i've progressed is probably some elements of that but um but i think be, beyond that <laughs> i have a growth mindset i i want to keep growing in everything that i do so you know, I'll throw a white belt on, you know, quote unquote, a white belt on to start something new frequently. I did that with bodybuilding for the very first time. I, I started jujitsu when I, I'm 45 now. I started when I was 39, hmm. right? So, you know, at the age of 39, <laughs> I started something brand new and I was a big guy. Like I was probably sitting around, you know, 210, 215 when I started jujitsu. And through the process of doing jujitsu, my body transformed into a jujitsu athlete. And, um, and it was a brand new experience. I got to learn new things. I got to develop new skills all through that growth mindset process. And then when I started running again, throw that white belt back on starting from the very bottom, didn't know a thing, but I think there's, there's gold in that man, like to start something brand new and to go through the process of learning. I think, you know, sometimes when people get good at something, they stay there and they don't want to start something new to get good at another thing. They just want to stay comfortable. And for me, I prefer to be uncomfortable and I prefer to learn more things so I can be diverse in various different areas so that in the future, when I get to a certain level or stage, if I have any wisdom or knowledge, I can just pass that on to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So starting new things is not a is not a challenge for you, you'd say. Like for most people, I'd say I think that it is like to start anything, a new sport, a new challenge a new business a new you know there's often barriers that hold us back why do you think that you can just be vulnerable and and be bad at something you know like a lot of times it's that too like people don't want to show up to a run club because they think they're bad you know yeah i I, and i will just um i'm not good at it like in terms of um like, oh, it's easy for me to do it. It's not. It's a challenge. It's absolutely hard. Super hard. Like just said, like I was 215 pounds when I first started jiu-jitsu. Pretty strong dude. And um, I started 
first day I was like rolling, like when you just kind of rolling, sparring with someone, he was probably about 145 pounds, but he was a brown belt. And he <laughs> made me look silly. And my ego was hurt. Yeah, like, yeah. Was, I was stung, man. Yeah. And with jujitsu, that lasted for at least eight months. You don't know anything for at least a year because you're just getting pounded all the time. And I think through the process of getting pounded all the time in jujitsu did help me understand that, oh, okay, you know, that's just, that's the process of life, man. That's the process of what you need to do all the time. And I think, you know, some people don't want their ego to be hurt. Right. And for me, I'm at a point now where I, that doesn't bother me so much because I see the, the value in doing things new and, and the benefits to it. So for me, it's not as much of a challenge to start something new. Mm-hmm. It just has to interest me enough to want to do it. Right. And so I have to be curious. So for me, it's a curiosity. And then it, it, then it goes into a sense of adventure. And then, then through that process, I'm having fun. So like, uh, I'll tell a quick story on how I even started this running thing. And I'm kind of like a, I have friends, but I'm kind of a loner to a certain degree because, you know, I just am. And um, I was, you know, during the pandemic, I was even more so. (laughs) So I was listening to all kinds of podcasts, right? And I I had heard Cameron Haynes on uh, Joe Rogan podcast. And Cameron Haynes, I'm sure your listeners might know who he is, ultra endurance athlete. Um, He's in his 50s. And when I heard him on the podcast, he was, I think he was gearing up for the Moab 240 or something like that. And it's 240 mile run in the desert. And um, he, he was talking about how he would run a marathon a day to train. And that curiosity in me was like, what? He ran a 42K every single day? How, how is that even possible? Mm-hmm. It was just curiosity for me. And then I thought, okay, I want to I wanna figure out how to do that. And that's what started a lot of the movement in that direction. Mm-hmm. And, and after two years of training, I can run 42K every single day now. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> and, 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 it's, and, and it's the cool thing about that is I'm not the only person who can do that. Anyone can do that given, um, you know, curiosity, a sense of adventure, and a little bit of conviction and discipline. And yeah. That's kind of what I would like to be able to share too. It's it's hard to believe that for a lot of people though, how because they see that big end goal and they're like, well, they're they're going from zero and it's like how do I how am I going to run 42 you know and that that can be a daunting a daunting thing but when you break it down into steps like you were talking about a five-year plan earlier on yeah it's the process the whole that whole journey that whole learning that you're talking about that's the exciting part that's the meat of of what it is to get you to that point and then 100 percent. it's like anything else man like um like anything, any sport, any activity, anything that you're doing is the same thing, really. Yeah, yeah. There's no difference whatsoever. It's just, you know, let's say someone wants to start a business. Well, you're going to be grinding in that business for five years before you turn a profit, right? You got to be okay with that. And I think I, I've learned over the last few years, really the last 15 years, is that's how things are done. Like through jujitsu, through bodybuilding, through running, through law enforcement, whatever it is. You got to almost set a five and 10 year plan, not even a 10 year plan, but like a 10 year goal, let's say five or 10 year goal. You don't know how you're going to get there, but you got to set the goal. Mm-hmm. And through the process of moving forward constantly, you'll figure out how to make that happen. But you, you kind of have to stick to it. So for me, I know I can stick to things. 
And I learned that sticking to things from the bodybuilding style. Cause I, I could, you know, set for 16 weeks, diet, diet, diet. And, you know, I could do that. So almost that discipline to stick to something, not knowing what the end result would be, but having faith in the end result will occur based on working my hardest, doing my best. The outcome will be what it be, but it'll be a good one. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of these, what you're saying, you know, that's instilled from you at some point in your maybe childhood or adolescence. Like can you talk about yourself maybe as a, as a young kid growing up and like, how did you kind of get to that point? You know? So, I mean, I, I didn't start as an athlete, to be honest. I mean, um, my parents are immigrants. Um, uh, I'm Indo-Canadian. So my, my dad had a pretty strong work ethic and so did my mom. Um, they didn't play any sports, didn't know much about sports and they didn't really, they advocated for it, but they didn't practice what they preached in the in that sense. So I never really played any sports until I got to high school. And I didn't really, like I wrestled in high school as well. Um, but um, I didn't really understand these concepts or refine them until about three years ago. Right. Because, I mean, I, I messed up a lot of my life, to be honest. <laughs> like I, I, four or five years ago, I, I went through a divorce. You know, I, I and a lot, a lot of the issues were, really, you know, caused by me. So there's a lot of like self-reflection I needed to have reflecting back on my life on all the things that I did poorly and how many times I drove my life into the ditch. I was like, okay, I got, maybe I got to think about how to do things better. So that's kind of what started the process of figuring out, okay, I need to start figuring out how to do life better. And the, it wasn't even the running piece. It says, I want to be a better person. I just want to be better all around. So how do I do that? And I was taking small incremental steps in that direction and I was curious and I was reaching out to people and talking to people that might have some experience or knowledge that I can learn from. And it, um, it was a few people, like quite a few people along that journey that helped inspire me, helped refine how to do what I'm doing. And, and those individuals were also high achievers in their spaces. So I was kind of learning from those people as well and learning how they were doing their life and then just kind of taking that knowledge and then applying it the best way I could for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause at a certain point it must, you know, it gets tiring, you know, I can relate a little bit to what you're saying. Like, I feel like I only started growing up when I was like in my thirties or something, if that, um, and it's always like, yeah. I'm just tired of this happening to me all the time. And like, there's a common denominator and it's me, yeah. <laughs> like, right. you know, whatever it is, um, you know, looking back, you know, maybe 20 years, like, is there some advice you could give to a younger version of yourself? hundred percent. Um, I think it's important to really understand what kind of person you want to be. I think that's the fundamental thing. So for me, I created a mission statement for my life about three years ago. And I was like, okay, I want to maximize my skill sets for everyone around me. That's basic what I started like that one line. And then I just started moving in that direction. How do I maximize my skill sets for everyone around me? So it was less self, it was less selfish in the sense of like most of my life had been selfish, only revolved around me. What do I want to do? How do I want to do it? As soon as I started making the shift on, into how do I be better for everyone around me and more of a service kind of mindset, things started really changing. And because I wasn't focused only on my issues. Because, you know, when you have your own issues and you're focusing on them all the time, then it, you know, it starts spiraling even more. 
everyone's got problems. Everyone, no one's exempt from having, you know, crappy things happen to them. But I think what the difference is, is that when you start focusing on all the crappy things that you may or may not have done, and that you're the only one who's done all these crappy things, the reality is no. So you can start looking into other people and say, okay, how can I help other people? And through that process, I um, was helping myself. So it was kind of a synergistic benefit through that whole endeavor. Yeah, there's some healing in that commonality. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the more people you talk to, the more you realize that you're like, you're not alone in, in your experiences and what you go through, you know, can be often related to, to somebody else. Maybe not the exact same way, but that like we all go through troubles and we all go through challenges and some of our stories align quite quite in the same way you know um how was your like career like how do you feel like your career affected you like I think maybe from an outsider perspective they see it like wow so and so is in the law, law enforcement like that must be so rewarding you know and I'm sure I'm sure it is but with that comes some some stresses too mm -hmm. well I mean like any career there's stresses in every career right um I think for me going into a law enforcement career I knew what I was getting into in terms of like dealing with the public side of things. I think maybe what affected me more was like, I'm a certain type of person and um, maybe those certain types of people weren't around me in, in those workplaces. So I felt I couldn't relate. And then, you know, operational sort of things happen or organizational things happen that maybe people may or may not agree with. So those affect, those types of things affected me more. But I think I already had some issues that I never addressed before I even went into law enforcement. So I think it just exasperated things for me. And I look, I, my career in law enforcement, I'm still in law enforcement. I'm just now I'm almost in a place where I'm trying to figure out how to transition out so I can continue doing what I'm doing permanently and full time. And um, but I think I don't regret anything in terms of my 18 years in law enforcement. It's been amazing. It's been an education. And without that, those experiences, I most definitely wouldn't be able to be the person I am today and be able to try to do the things that I'm trying to do. And I think, um, you know, it's important to recognize that, um, you know, I'm 45. We all have things throughout our entire lives that affect us. And if we don't address them appropriately when they need to be addressed, it can really hit you in, like at a point where you're not expecting it. And that's kind of what happened to me. So like when I was 43, 42, smacked me in the side of the head. And all of a sudden I just, I crashed. Like, and I was a guy that I prided myself on never breaking or, you know, I was real strong or all these kinds of things. And man, I, I was broken and it, it, I just had uh, maybe too much and I never addressed. And now I recognize that, you know what, you got to address the things that they happen as they come and, um, and talk about them or at least feel them or um, so that you can mm, move forward in a positive direction rather yeah. than negative. That's so many times we push it aside, you know, I think, I, yeah, I mean, I'm guilty of that too. I got to say everyone is, we all are. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, uh, I don't know what it is, you know, something like I'm pretty open, like I'll talk about anything, but there's certain things that you just, you, sometimes you just keep it in your, in your mind and it just sits there in the back of your, you know, of your thoughts and, Eventually something triggers it, you know, you don't know when that's going to happen or what it's going to be, but mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, like I said, it's like about talking about things and, and where you go with it. And, and like we were talking about earlier, like, look, 
the human experience is the human experience, right? I could have a different career. You could have a different career. I, I could grow up in a different environment. You can grow up in a different environment, all the things. But I think fundamentally, we're so much more alike than different, even despite those, whatever they are. This is a human condition. We all experience them. So it's just on how we communicate it and how we, uh, yeah, and how we communicate it. And mm-hmm. I think, I think now over, the, I, I see it a lot more now because I thought it was special before. I thought it was unique. <laughs> not <laughs> so not unique and uh i mean we're talking together we're relating to each other i yeah. just met you now yeah exactly that, 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 that goes to show that there's not that much difference yeah maybe some of the specifics might be different but the overall experience is the same are there are there tips and tricks that you've kind of developed to like maybe other than physical because you know let's face it people in law enforcement or in service maybe they're they're older or maybe they're not they're not able like, are there ways that we can cope with these uh, mental health issues uh, other than physical, you know, because physical is an easy one, you know, go lift weights, mm-hmm. go run, go walk, sure. whatever. I think um, connecting with people was a fundamental shift for me. Cause like depression, what's depression, isolation and, and, and not connecting with humans. And um, I think being able to communicate, being able to relate, being able to have conversations, being able to hang out with a buddy and not have any other issues. You just, just sitting with somebody and not having to talk connecting. So I think for sure. And that's an easy one. If you, if you were looking on the face of it, you don't have to run 20 K man. That's not what you have to do. I think uh, connecting with people is amazing. And I think also another one that's helped me nature, like actually going, I mean, it's part of exercise, but you don't have to run or anything, but if you're going for a walk, like by the ocean, listen to the sounds and when you're doing those things you're in the moment if you're paying attention to the scenery that puts you in that moment so you're not thinking about the past which is depression and you're not thinking about the future which is anxiety you're in that moment so i think those types of things have definitely helped me in terms of managing my uh mental health because yeah fitness is one thing but you know what if i break my legs or something then what happens or what if something catastrophic happens to me how am i going to manage myself there's got to be other tools and the other tools. Um, so now I feel like I have a, a plethora of tools to be able to fall back upon, to be able to manage my mental health in a, in a much more productive way other than, you know, drinking or partying or whatever the case is. Yeah. And like so many times, like that's the outlet, right? Like we just resort to something that's not like not good for us. It masks those, those feelings or those thoughts that we have, but, in reality, it's just like hurting us ourselves even more, you know. And 100%. 100%. I know, like, I know like, that Skylar, like, I was part of his thing too. And like, again, like, again, in the in the same like breath is what you're saying, like, with mental health and proving that you know physical activity and um, can help you and and also like spread a good message too and stuff like that. So when you say like you want to do this more full time, what does that that mean? It's like this can you feel like this can be a full like a full-time job you, you know so i um i don't know if it can i'll make it happen though yeah i think over the last few, few years i've built a belief in myself that i can do anything given enough time and given enough uh discipline and grit i can i feel i can do anything so um what does that mean um I think I can. I, look, I don't need millions of dollars, right? I need enough to pay my bills. 
And I, even if that's less than what I make in law enforcement and I can still pay my bills, I'm good, man. Cause then I could just do whatever I want and control my destiny without having someone else dictate what my future looks like. I want to be able to control what my future looks like. Mm -hmm. So if I want to have a future that's relaxing and uh, fun, I get to meet cool people and, and um, get to raise awareness and funds. Well, I'm going to start figuring that out. So now how do I figure that out? Well, I know how much I make in law enforcement. Let's say 85 K a year. Cool. How do I bring in enough money, 85 K to be able to keep running? That was the question I asked myself two and a half years ago, three years ago. So now I'm just figuring out how to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's not that hard if you break it down. If you're getting after it, if you're building a community, if you're doing all the things that I'm trying to do, I mean, you can find a few sponsors, you know, you can maybe create a YouTube channel. You can maybe create enough social media presence where you can get a return on some of that time that you're putting into it. And I'm starting, like, I'm not making any money, obviously, but I can start seeing the direction that things are going in terms of making that happen. And, you know, speaking engagements, maybe, I don't know, sharing some of the wisdom I've learned from other people and then through the process of what I've been doing. So it's all it's all a journey and I'll, I'll figure it out as I have done most of the things over the last few years. But I think it's possible. And yeah. if it's, man, I didn't think running two, 22 marathons was possible, yeah. right? For me, I didn't think um, Dave Proctor could break the record for running across Canada in 67 days. Yeah. But that's possible, right? Right, yeah. So if that's possible, I think I can figure out how to make 85K by running. I, I think I can. I don't know. Maybe I can't. And I'll go back to work. I don't know. But I'm going to try. Have those people reached out to you, like people that have attempted similar things to you or uh, to mm. give you advice or to encourage you? No. No, I mean, I don't expect anyone like that to reach out to me. Um, yeah. They've done so many amazing things and I'm just some dude running around over here doing, just starting, right? Um, but, um, you know, I think for me, I'm just trying to connect with people like that. And um, there are lots of people like that. Like, a, for example, I got a buddy of mine um, who actually quite uh, helped me quite a bit. And I, I almost argue he's a good friend and he was a mentor to a certain degree, um, <clears throat> retired fella. He's uh, about 60 years old, lives in the Rossland area of BC, which is mountainous. And uh, he's an ultra endurance guy himself. He was a special forces uh, military guy and tier one operator for JTF2. And and he uh, he was a 24 hour uh, solo mountain bike racer uh, after he had retired for, well, he started that when he was about 40 and he became a world champion. So talking to people like that and, you know, picking their brains on, hey man, what's that about? What's, you know, so hearing things that are impossible, but that are possible by really normal people, but they've give, given themselves 10 or 15 years of time doing something. Mm -hmm. Now I understand things very differently. It's like, okay, well, you know, people in the Olympics are amazing athletes, but they've trained for 10 to 15 years and that's it. Well, if I trained at 10 to 15 years and that's it, I think I can be pretty exceptional because I, anyone can. If they put all that dedication, all that focus, mm -hmm. and they're all in, I mean, anyone can achieve great things. So I'm confident in that roadmap because it's already been done. Mm -hmm. So if I go all in and put my 100% effort, I think I can achieve what I want to achieve. I was going to ask you, like, do you feel like 
like it's great what you're doing, but you feel like a sense of pressure maybe, or um, like a response, like it's, it's responsibility and pressure, you know, like that you can feel like maybe sense of overwhelmed could be in a good way. could be in a not so good way. Like there's things that come with, with this, right? hundred percent, man. So I used to, <laughs> or two years ago, for 23 and a half hours out of the day, I would be like, you're an idiot. You're a loser. What are you talking about? You can't do this. You're, you're not a runner. You're, you're nothing. Like I would say that all day, but I would still continue doing what I was doing. <laughs> I would still do all the things, but I would doubt myself so much. But given consistency of effort over a period of time, that voice started diminishing in my head. And it got to a point where it would be maybe half the day. Or then it would be like a few hours and then it would be a half an hour before bed. Now it's barely even there. So what I've learned is, yeah, man, I got, I've changed that negative voice into more of like, this is my job. This is my duty. It's my obligation, um, which does put stress. But I think that kind of stress is a good stress and it's a positive stress. Um, does it affect me? For sure. Like I'm like doing those 22 days. I didn't think I was stressed, but now reflecting back on it and how emotional, how, you know, um, irritable I was from time to time. Yeah, man, I was stressed. I, I felt like I had the weight of the world on my shoulders, but good. I'm glad because mm -hmm. that weight of the uh, world on my shoulders helped push me to get to, a, to that finish line. And um, I was telling some friends, man, like, there's no way I would have not completed 22 marathons. Like if I had to crawl it, I would have crawled it. But that's the conviction and the obligation mindset that I've put onto myself because I feel I've created certain anchors in my head that like, well, if I don't do that, that doesn't happen. If I don't do that, that person may not get help. So I've kind of changed the the, the uh, dialogue in my head. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been a good stress overall. Right. And what happened to you physically? I wanted to ask you that. Like mm -hmm. someone like that's relatively new to running. Um where were the obstacles physically for you um, as you, you know, began running? Because you kind of went right for a big distance. Um, yeah, I jumped right in, man. It's not uh, like it's not like from a coaching standpoint, it's not like the best yeah. advice you could get, right? Oh man, I'll tell you straight up too. That first year, I had zero. I did it all on my own. No coaches, no nothing. I was just running around trying to figure out how to run forty-two k on a Saturday. I'd run twenty-one on like just it was a hot mess. Like yeah. it was, it was it, but I was grinding. So the pains I was feeling were all over the place because I was also a lot heavier, a lot more muscle bound, all those kinds of things, and. um yeah, I mean, but the, I think the pains were more like, like, um, just like muscle pains, like nothing that was like breaking. And I was a bigger guy. I had trained and I had decent sized muscle. So I had some stuff to kind of deplete or work with that. Um, and I also had a structure that was decent in the sense of like, I've already put some load on it. So, and I hadn't ever ran. So those running issues weren't even there before, like knee problems, feet problems, they weren't there. So it was starting fresh. So that was a positive. But over the last, let's say, two, three, four months, um, even the training block before I started this uh, 22 days, those were challenging in the sense of like the plantar, fasciitis, the feet, the ankle. Most of that stuff I was having problems with because I hadn't trained that much to develop my feet and ankles. In terms of quads, hamstrings, calves, um, well, not the calves so much, but let's say quads, hammies, glutes, everything else. I've trained 
bodybuilding and other modalities that I had decent strength and endurance there, but the feet and ankles I never worked on. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, Whoa, what's going on? So like the, the balance on one foot, the toes, being able to manipulate the toes and how they move and how all that kind of stuff was all, um, you know, over the last three months I was having problems walking, getting up, sitting down, like things like that. Mm -hmm. But that was, I think now that I'm noticing, because I haven't been running now for the last few days, and I think I probably will won't run for a couple more weeks. I think those were just soreness things. So like getting up, sitting down, my feet, I couldn't, I, I'd be, when I'm walking around my place, like for the last little while, I'd be wearing my Hoka um, slides mm -hmm. because it was hard to walk barefoot on my floor. So, so that was the um, extent of it. But for me, I was just like, oh, okay, well, I'm just getting used to it. Yeah. But now I feel like, oh man, I can move okay now. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Like, yeah, it's got to be, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough on the body for sure. Like, is it tempting to want to, like, are you tempted to want to go out for a run or after, you know, you ran consecutively, yeah. you ran big time, you know, you're tempted to go out for a 30 minute kind of thing. Like, how do you know to just keep resting? Because other people are telling me to, I'm not that guy. I'm that guy who's going to be like, I want to go run tomorrow. I want to go lift. I want to go train. I'm that guy that needs a coach. That's going to be like, Hey, let me pull you back a little bit because you're going to be doing too much. And so for me, it's having respect for the people that are giving me the guidance and that they have the understanding. So I'll listen to them because they know better. And for them, for me to want to um, get better, they need to talk to me in a manner that lets me understand that. So what's that mean? So like my coach will be like, Hey man, if you want to be able to run faster and better and have this adaptation, blah, 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 you need this much break. I'm like, okay, I'll be better if I do that. Yes. Okay, cool. Done. <laughs> and then I'll then I'll make it happen. So so I asked him right even the day after it was Sunday. I caught we were talking, just doing a debrief of the whole thing. And uh I was like, okay, look, man, when can I start going again? <laughs> what what are your thoughts? And he's like, look, number man, one question. Like, Sorry? Number one question. Yeah. And I was like, when can I start? What can I start <laughs> doing this? And he's like, look, man, your central nervous system's probably pretty shot. So no strenuous activity for like four weeks. I go, what? Like, so what does that mean? <laughs> you can go for bike rides. You can go to jujitsu, but nothing hard in jujitsu. Just kind of flow, roll, relax. I'm like, okay, cool. And he's like, just have fun. And I'm like, okay, I can figure that out, I guess. <laughs> but but for me, it's um, it's um, that's also learning and being patient. And uh, the purpose takes the forefront. So if he's saying, I'm going to get better, I'm going to get faster. If I do this, that, and the other, and it's going to help more people. Cool. Mm -hmm. I'll chill. Nice. And what did you like, what have you learned in terms of like nutrition and recovery? I mean, this is these, when you're running distances like that, you, you can't hide from nutrition. No. So, um, so as I went through the 22 days, I understood that I would never be able to be, I'd be constantly in a caloric deficit because it's 22 days, right? So there's no way it's impossible to be able to eat enough over that period. Now, if you're doing one, two, three, four, or even let's say five marathons in a row, um, you could probably, you know, get away with a little bit, but I noticed, I can't remember which day it was, but there was one day I didn't eat enough and it affected me the next day. And that was probably like 10 days into it or something. So I was constantly eating after the run and just not healthy things, just things to consume that had extra calories because I was burning so much. So, you know, chips, you know, ice cream, burgers, like all this kind of stuff, and which I normally don't eat. But I had to just to 
and I, I still lost weight. I, I was sitting around maybe 183-ish, fairly lean in the morning. I weighed myself yesterday after eating tons and not running, not training, <laughs> and I, I weighed 173. Okay. And that's yeah. – well, I've lost 10 pounds. Yeah. Right? And, and that's with eating constantly the whole time and not running the last few. So I probably was 170 at the end of everything, maybe a little bit less in around there. But I was expecting that to happen anyway, so I was prepared for that. And I was, you know, I, I kind of framed it differently too. I was like, you know, what? I don't eat this all the time. Let's have some fun. Let's let's enjoy the food, man. Yeah. So so post uh, run, I would just kind of just consume whatever, like as much as I could. That was at least not harming or not affecting my gut, so that I wouldn't have issues there. And so how I prepared for that was, in advance of the run, for most of the year, let's say six months out of the year, I would be eating those things. Um, once or twice a week, or if I had a massive training block, I would eat those things. So my body was kind of used to those things so that it wouldn't affect me later on. So there was that adaptation with the, some of the food. And then when it came to fuel, while I was running, I was using Grupo Nutrition and uh, it's a Canadian company based out of, uh, I think Windsor, Ontario, and um, basically it's liquid fuel. So what I was having was formulated for, for me and they they formulate specifically for athletes whatever they're doing mm -hmm. and this um what i was using was grupo pro and it had about uh 290 calories per hour i was taking and about 400 just over 400 uh, milligrams of sodium and then all my electrolytes everything within that drink wow. so i'd have about 700 milliliters of water with that depending on the heat for the day and sometimes more right in terms of the water intake but generally every hour i'd be having that and then okay. that seemed to help with movement i could feel the uptake of the carbs in that too like pretty quickly mm -hmm. as opposed to like i never i never really liked using goo or these kinds of things i wanted higher quality uh stuff that was and this stuff was pretty high quality it wasn't affecting my gut it was just seamless just went right in and um and i think you know a lot of triathletes and stuff from my understanding, use this kind of stuff. So uh, I was like, cool. So with that, I, I uh, that was super helpful, I think, because I that because I hadn't used that most of the year. I used it for my last big training block, and I noticed a huge difference there. I was using Tailwind and stuff like that before. Much better than Tailwind. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> you didn't get better. you didn't get sick of like flavors or anything like that. I know that's a. I mean, for me, man, like I had, I had a few different flavors. I bought like 10 bags of it. Right. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> like I went through three or four bags. Um, so I had like, you know, orange, grape, you know, a few other flavors. And, and for me, it was like, I mean, it tastes, it, it tastes good. Like it tastes good. It tasted better some of the, than some of the other things that I would have. So, um, I was cool. I was, I had no issue, no, um, no, uh, fatigue from, from drinking it. Mm -hmm. I was, a pleasure actually <laughs> nice that's good well that's the most important thing that you like it that your body agrees with it because i i've got the you know i've had the opposite where it's like oh, i'm just so sick of this orange taste or whatever yeah it's like, well, it's, it's, this one is a bit more subtle so it's not yeah. punching you in the face yeah so much. And that's good i tried a bunch of different things to test what i liked right. and like everyone should do the same thing test your body on a bunch of different things just because i'm trying something doesn't mean it's going to work for anybody else I, everyone has different taste buds everybody everyone's body reacts differently to different things so you know the way i'm fueling my body will be different than other people man because i'm i'm just a different human right so right. you can kind of have a rough 
you know, guide, and then you can kind of try those things out. And then from there, refine it for yourself. What's the best advice you can give to anybody just wanted to start something new, wanted to get into running, you know, maybe not run a marathon, but just get off the couch. I think everyone knows what they need to do. Generally speaking, everyone knows deep down what, what they should do. Right. So the question is how do people get up off their bums to do that thing? And I think it comes with purpose, whatever that, it doesn't have to be a lofty one, but whatever your the purpose to drive you forward, you gotta, you gotta first figure out your why, why do you want to run a 5k? What is it for to, to get healthy, to, to see what you can do, whatever that question is. Once you figure that out, then you can, um, set the pace in which you want to achieve that thing, the velocity, right? So for me, I'm a dial 15 person out of 10. I'm going right away. But some people aren't like that, right? So number one, figure out your why. Number two, figure out at which speed you want to do that at. And number three, get to work, man. That's it. Get to work. Like at the end of the day, it's get up and work. There's no secret recipe. There's no hack. There's no nothing. Like to put it in perspective, I've been full-time training for two years. Like religiously obsessed and consumed by this. That's how I made it to 22 marathons in a row. I mean, it wouldn't have happened if I was just like, Oh yeah, whatever. No, you, you got to get to work. You know? mm-hmm. And my training block leading up to this was a six week training block and I ran 950 kilometers. Right. So I was running 150 K a week before I started. And then at the end of this, I was 275. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's so it's just, you got to work. How, <laughs> how do you stay that discipline? You know, like, it's easy to just say like, oh, I'll do it in an hour or like, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of that. Like, I know I'm better when I do my runs first thing in the morning because then I got the whole day to do stuff, you know, but I don't always do that. I'll wait till lunch and then something will happen. And I'll... So the question is, why, why, so why, why, I'll ask you, why, why does that happen? Yeah. I don't, what, what, like, is it, what is it that, um, um, what is it makes you to maybe do a little bit later or maybe the next day? What is it? What do you think? Yeah. Cause I just feel like I have all the time I, I like ahead of me, especially if I have like mm-hmm. a day off, let's say, right. Like that I have time to do stuff that I, that I maybe need to rest or that I would rather do something else that I haven't had a chance to do yet. You mm-hmm. know, um, you know, I do quite a bit, you know, and it's, it's hard to even find that downtime sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's, a, it's you know, a, a good point. I think it comes to prioritization, right? How important is it to you? If it's not that important, then and if other things are more important, then that's cool too. Yeah. Right. But you mentioned time and that's a finite commodity. We don't have time. We actually don't. We People think we have it, but we don't have time. It's continuously going by, right? So when people say we have time, we actually don't. And I've known people um, in various different spaces that thought they had time and they're no longer here, right? So now that they didn't, now, you know, they thought they had time and they didn't spend time with their family. Well, now now what? Or they didn't um, do the thing that they wanted to do because they thought they had time. So I think, um, you know, understanding that, like I'm 45, I have zero time. I, I said that to myself, I have no time. Like I have to do this because otherwise it's not going to happen. So I, I guess it detem- depends on how one prioritizes the thing that they want to do. And then, and then again, get to work. So if it's not a priority, I mean, I get it. People have other priorities than running 
So what's the priority? Okay, we're building a business or we're spending time with our family or whatever the thing is, prioritize the thing and then, um, and then get to work. But for me, it's like, I also want to set a good example for my daughter. So there's multiple reasons as to why I'm trying to be a better person for myself and for everyone around me. So that's my priority. And, and people, you know, have different priorities. So I guess for me, it's, it's not that challenging anymore to get up and um, train or go for that run. Now, having said that, <laughs> when you're running 42 every day, like during my training blocks, it was getting to a point where it's like, man, I got to run 42K. Uh, and like on my last sort of week of training and I was doing like three or four marathons like that week. And I was like, it, it would take me like an hour or two just to get up and do it. Like I'd be staring at my shoes. I'd be like, Oh, like, right. <laughs> like, I get the, I get the reality of it. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, a, a number one piece that we can kind of walk away here is that we don't have time. Time is fleeting. Time is the only commodity that we can't create it's just there and it's gone. So I think um, it's super important to figure out what's important to a person and then start figuring out how to achieve those things as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. Yeah. And that's something we have to be reminded of, unfortunately, from time to time. Uh, Agreed. um, At at 45, do you think you found your stride? So what do you mean by that? Like, have you, you think you figured it out? Like life, you know? I don't know, man. I'm trying my best to figure myself out. I don't know if I figured anything out, but I'm trying my best every single day. And I'm trying to move in a direction that's positive every single day. And that's all I know. And what I've noticed over the last couple of years, since I've had that focus, my life has gotten better. And the lives of people around me have gotten better in the sense my daughter's gotten better in the sense I'm a better dad. And so those types of things. So do I have life figured out? No. (laughs) Do I have... uh, um, I have nothing figured out. All I know is that I'm moving in a direction that's positive and mm-hmm. that I do understand. At this point, you know, what, what impact has, has running had on, on your life? Oh man. Um, the most like started like the act of running and the, the journey of this whole thing. And the process of learning all everything that's been associated to this effort has been um, the most impactful thing in my entire existence. It's it's uh, I can't even articulate or even explain how much of an impact the act of running has had on me. And I hated it. I hated running. That's another reason why I picked it because I hated it so much and I didn't want to hate something so much and not be able to, endeavor in it so it took me a good year and a half to learn how to even like doing it now i i I enjoy it man i enjoy going for a run i you know i got decent mechanics now so it's not beating me up every single day and so it's been so impactful so much on every metric that you can assess that's so great a great answer for for that question and like what do you do for fun like you seem so dedicated and so like hardworking and like you got time for a little fun. <laughs> like what you like to do? So I've been asked that question a couple of times and I, yeah. I, I don't know, man, this is fun for me. Yeah, of course. This is fun. <laughs> yeah. like, everything about I'm doing is, is, is fun. Like t- 
talking to you, man. That's fun, man. And um, meeting people is fun and, and seeing what's possible for me is freaking fun. Like being able to see what my performance envelope is and then pushing it even further, seeing what's possible for me. I mean, that's cool, man. Like I didn't like I didn't think in a million years I could run one marathon five years ago. I just ran 22. That's freaking cool, man. That's fun. Mm -hmm. So now the next goal is like even greater and figuring out how to get to that level is going to be fun. So that I think my whole I've created a life now for me that is joy. Now, it's not always like uh, there are days where it's not, but the whole sort of overarching ex like life that I've been trying to create is what I've wanted to create. And, mm -hmm. and I don't want to do anything else other than what I'm doing and then keep pushing that envelope. And what, and actually, what I love about what you're doing, too, is that like, and I kind of share this similar mindset is it's running is tough because it's a you can compare so much in running. Um, whereas like my thing is like, I want to be better than I was yesterday. I want to continuously get better. And that's why I like, I'm connecting so much with what you're saying. And I think that's so important to know like that it's for you and like screw everybody else. Like if you want to have a PB this year, then work hard and get the PB. Or if you want to run a mountain, go and sign up for that race and run the mountain, but like really do it for yourself and like through what you're doing, you're doing it for others also. Like you're spreading a message through running. Like, yeah, what is the, what is the great the great message that you can sh share through running? Or like, if you could just sum it up, like, what would you say? It's hmm. a good question. Mm. I think it's not even just through running, but anybody can find this through through any act. But if we're going to be using running specifically. What's the message, the greatest message? I mean, being able to achieve something that you never thought possible is pretty gratifying and builds self-worth. It builds self-reliance, builds resilience. It builds, mm, builds a lot of things to be able to do something that you never thought you could do. And I think that's a cool thing to be able to achieve. And running is so hard for everyone, right? It's a hard task, man. You're by yourself. No one else is around. Winter's coming. You're going to be running in the snow, mm -hmm. you know, rain, whatever it is, the heat, 38 degrees, smoke, fires, like whatever it is, it's hard, right? And I think, you know, being able to accomplish something that you never really thought that you could possibly achieve, man, that changes people, like for the better, like it actually changes you. If you're aware of what you're doing and if you're intentional behind it, it's changed me. Like I'm a different human because of running and doing really hard challenges for myself. And I think if anyone takes anything away from what I'm saying, challenge yourself, man. Like put yourself in those scenarios where you find a challenge, but you overcome it, however you overcome it. And that builds all kinds of self-worth because I didn't have a lot of it a few years ago. I thought it was a piece of garbage. I thought it was a loser. I thought it was all the things. And really through two years of hard effort, seeing me, myself do things, I never thought I'd be able to, like talking like this to someone was a challenge for me. And being able to connect with people or speak how I'm speaking, I've, it's not just I've gotten better at running. I've got better at being a human. <laughs> I've gotten better at communicating, listening, speaking, thinking with clarity, like all these things. So I think 
the one takeaway is, man, if anyone takes anything away, find a challenge, whatever that challenge is, and get after it. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. So now what's between the FKT across Canada and, and today, like, I want you to appreciate what you just did the 22. Mm -hmm. Like we, we, so, so often we jump to the next one, but like, what's, what's the plan between. Yeah, I already have the plan. I have a rough idea. It will, we'll flush it out a bit more and maybe refine it, but essentially it's going to be run from Thunder Bay to Victoria next year. And um, that's the rough idea. Um, How that looks. I'm not sure how that looks quite yet. I'm not sure. I know it'll be an ultra every day not a marathon. So I'm tentatively thinking 60 K for 52 days. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I'll speak with my coach and some of the other people that are around me and we'll have a further discussion on what that looks like. And then how do we um, make that beneficial for everyone around us? And how do we raise more awareness and connect with other, like, all the things that are associated to it? Right. So from the challenge perspective, my next challenge, we Thunder Bay to Victoria. So that's 3,100 kilometers. Incredible. That's so good. And where can people find out more about you and the causes and, and all that, that good stuff? So I'm on pretty much all platform. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on uh, Instagram, uh, such.in.motion. I'm on TikTok at suchinmotion. I got a website, uh, suchinmotion.ca, um, YouTube channel that I'm slowly building again, such in motion. So yeah, any of those platforms, if anyone wants to uh, donate to the Honor House Society, I have a link in my bio on Instagram. And um, anyone who makes a donation gets a ta- Canadian tax credit. So none of that money comes to me. It goes straight to the charity. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's that's uh, where you can find me and see all the silliness that I do and, <laughs> and all the fun stuff that we get up to. Keep it fun. Yeah, keep it fun. And we'll share the link too in the show notes. So if anybody wants to awesome. donate, yeah, that'll be... Um... Great. We, well, we're lucky. Like we were almost going to be, this podcast was almost going to be just in motion. So we would have been so close. <laughs> well, man, I, I wouldn't have let that happen. I would have <laughs> if it if If I had to come over wherever, do you live in the lower mainland? Uh, no, I, I, well, I'm originally from Montreal, but I'm living in Switzerland now. So you have, oh. to, you have to come find me. <laughs> I'd have to go to Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which would be good for your training, I think. So anyways. Yeah, a lot of mountains, I guess, out there. Hey? Yeah, lots of mountains. So yeah, it's yeah. Still, still spending time to discover the, the nature out here. But yeah. Amazing. But uh, such thanks so much for making the time for us today. And hopefully some people got... Um, you know, inspired by your message. And I'm certainly inspired and energized by what you had to say. So thanks a lot. No, I appreciate the opportunity to share, um, you know, my journey and and share the run and and share possible future endeavors. And thanks for reaching out, man. And uh, I appreciate you. So uh, let's do it again sometime for sure. Awesome. Take care. You too, bud. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Just In Stride podcast. I truly appreciate you taking the time to listen and I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Please take a minute after this to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. With your feedback, we'll be able to make the show even better and it'll help us reach new listeners too. You can also find us on Instagram at JustinStridePod for all the latest episodes and updates. Of course, this show wouldn't be possible without a solid team behind me. With logo and design by Vanessa Pugliese, Guest outreach, social media, writing, and advertising are handled by me, your host, Justin Pugliese. Finally, we'd like to thank you, our listeners, for coming along for the ride with Justin Stride.